Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Here to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes, or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. Want to get you something off your chest? Call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, this last two weeks have been an absolute bloodbath for conservatives at the Supreme Court. Uh, the first round of rulings that they issued basically... Uh, turn back the administration's challenge to these sanctuary cities, which are obviously against the law. You can't just protect criminals in your jurisdictions from federal law enforcement and then continue to expect to get federal law enforcement grants. But um, Judge Alito wrote the opinion uh, turning back the uh, the challenge to the sanctuary laws. And now basically um, the state and local governments are perfectly within their rights uh, to to go against federal immigration law. And it's not going to stop there. They'll just start nullifying any of the, uh, the laws that come out of a, a Republican Congress that they disagree with. Republicans haven't gotten on the uh, train yet with this uh, nullification. But if this is allowed to stand, which the Supreme Court is doing, it's going to lead to the ultimate disintegration of this republic. They undermined Second Amendment rights by turning away 10 gun rights cases that had been carefully cultivated by Second Amendment supporters uh, to take to the court to try to uh, to validate, redeem the Second Amendment from all of these challenges. And, of course, uh, this just ridiculous ruling on uh, Title Seven that basically redefined sex as sexual preference and um, preference of dress or gender. It uh, made it illegal to fire anybody uh, in your company for uh, being a cross-dresser, a transgender. And, of course, the implications that are going to come from that are profound. You're not going to have to be able to have segregated... uh, institutions any longer girls schools they're going to be out if a boy wants to go to a girl's school now all he has to do is put his hair in pigtails if a boy wants to uh, compete against your daughter in athletic competitions there's nothing to stop him that's what this conservative court delivered for us last week <clears throat> and this week in a five to four decision 
the Supreme Court, in an opinion written by the Chief Justice Roberts, the guy that we thought was going to uh, deliver us from the liberal activism of the judiciary, wrote a a decision that uh, says that uh, the Trump administration doesn't have the right to rescind an blatantly illegal executive order from the Obama administration protecting um, minor illegal aliens from deportation. I say minor, that's, you know, that's falling into their trap. These, this DACA decision is protecting people from uh, deportation. They call them childhood arrivals. They can be as old as 34 years old, maybe older than that now. And uh, it, it was decided on a very narrow grounds. It, it wasn't decided on the merits of the case, but somehow the court found that the this administration has to go through all sorts of administrative procedures in order to revoke an executive order that was blatantly and on its face illegal. Obama even said when he was trying to resist putting DACA in, that it would be blatantly unconstitutional. The court, all they had to do was rule on the actual underlying merits of DACA, and it would most certainly would have fallen. And the Democrats are just absolutely giddy all, over all of this. They're seeing one after another of these conservative judges that were supposed to restore order in our judiciary when it came finally to do them doing their job collapse. And it's uh, in this case of DACA, it's most certainly because John Roberts is more concerned about avoiding conflict and protecting the institution of the Supreme court than actually ruling on the law. He lost his nerve. He's spineless. Clarence Thomas is not spineless. And he wrote a scathing rebuke to the majority's decision. It was Roberts and the four liberals leftists on the court. Thomas says the majority's holding creates perverse incentives, particularly for outgoing administrations. He said under the auspices of today's decision, administrations can bind their successors by unlawfully adopting significant legal changes through the executive branch agency memoranda. Even if the agency lacked the authority to effectuate the change, the changes cannot then be undone by the same agency and a successor administration unless the successor provides sufficient policy justifications to satisfy this court. It is an awful decision. It is unmoored completely from the law. It's really um, befuddling the mental high high uh, mental gymnastics that you have to go through to arrive at the same decision that Roberts wrote. The program uh, is clearly illegal on its face. Thomas wrote DHS created DACA during the Obama administration without any statutory authorization and without going through the requisite rulemaking process that they now hold Trump to. Thomas goes on, as a result, the program was unlawful from its inception. 
the majority does not even attempt to explain why a court has the authority to scrutinize an agency policy's reasons for rescinding an unlawful program under the arbitrary and capricious microscope. The decision to countermand an unlawful agency action is clearly reasonable. So long as the agency's determination of illegality is sound, our review should be at an end. It's astounding how little respect John Roberts will show for the actual law once he determines that he has to protect the Supreme Court from any controversial rulings. At the Senate, Chuck Schumer was absolutely beside himself. He was ecstatic. Wonderful, wonderful day for the DACA kids, for their families, and for the American dream. We've always believed in immigration in America. See, there they go again. They always conflate immigration, which has a proud history in this country, with illegal immigration, which, if allowed to continue, will ultimately destroy this country. If you, if you don't control your borders, if you can't protect your workers, if you can't screen out people that are coming to the country illegally, criminals, drug dealers, human traffickers, you don't really have a country. And these kids are always held up as, you know, paragons of virtue when uh, about 10% of them, there's, there's over 700,000 of these people that fit into this category. Over 10% of them have criminal records. They cannot be deported because they come under DACA. It's supposed to be deferred action on childhood arrivals. Well, how long is it going to be deferred? If the agency can't revoke it, then when the hell does it stop being deferred? And become permanent. We've had some dark forces oppose it in recent years. Dark forces. We believe in it. It's part of our soul. Every one of us cares about immigrants. And so many of us are descendants of immigrants. The country can't survive this. If you've got one party that's dedicated to overturning the existing population and replacing it, laws be damned, then eventually this country is no longer America. It is just a hodgepodge of competing and bickering um, foreigners that have taken up residence in your country. Ted Cruz had a take that was quite different than Chuck's. President, today's decision from the U.S. Supreme Court in Department of Homeland Security versus Regents of the University of California is disgraceful. Judging is not a game. It's not supposed to be a game. But sadly, over recent years, more and more Chief Justice Roberts has been playing games with the court to achieve the policy outcomes he desires. This case concerned President Obama's executive amnesty. Amnesty that President Obama decreed directly contrary to federal law. He did so with no legal authority. He did so in open defiance of federal statutes. And, of course, he was celebrated 
in the press for doing so. So this is how this works. They can't get their way in the legislature. They tried to pass amnesties repeatedly. They tried to uh, pass amnesties for uh, so-called childhood arrivals repeatedly. It was always turned back by the people's representatives in Congress. So he just issues an order, knowing on its face it's illegal. But the only people that can challenge it are the federal government because it's a federal government statute. So finally, when a Republican comes in, he says, well, no, that was done illegally. I'm going to withdraw it. And the Supreme Court, under this Roberts decision, steps in and decides you can't do that. Joe Biden took note of this while hunkered down in his basement and tweeted out, here's my promise to you on day one. I'll send a bill to Congress that creates a clear roadmap for citizenship for dreamers. And he didn't stop there. 11 million undocumented people already strengthening our nation. It's long overdue. You know, they've been quoting that 11 million number for a decade now or more. That 11 million number is, is not accurate. They're soft selling it to you. The number is now swelled to about 20 million at least. According to uh, studies done by Harvard University, the left always believes in Harvard University. And once uh, people throughout the world get noticed that Joe Biden has every intention of putting an amnesty in on day one, can you imagine what that's going to do at the pressure of the borders? It will swell by the time uh, they finished it. If it were to pass, that number would be 30 or 40 million or more. It would purposely, it would permanently and forever alter our country through no, um, through no will of the people that are going to be affected. Here's Tucker Carlson commenting on this, uh, this steadily, uh, steady drumbeat of an 11 million number. First, you need to understand. Yale University released a study last week by three researchers, all of them liberal, I believe, who concluded that the actual number of illegal aliens in this country is not 11 million. It's north of 22 million. 22 million. Mm. Fact one. Fact two. The Democratic Party is now, as a matter of policy, calling for the legalization of all illegals in this country. Citizenship voting rights. 22 million new voters. Fact Mm. three. The overwhelming majority of first-time immigrant voters vote Democrat. Fact four. The largest margin in American presidential history was 17 million votes, 1980 election, rather, 1984 election between Mondale and and Reagan. And Reagan, yeah. 17 million. You would add to our voter rolls 22 million, at least, permanent electoral majority in perpetuity. That's what this is about. It's not about making the country better, serving our labor needs, helping the population. It's about putting Democrats in power forever. That is the truth of our immigration debate. That is the truth of our immigration debate, and it's uh, it's going to be a land rush, a free-for-all for anybody throughout the world who wants to come here to get in under the wire of Joe Biden's amnesty. Got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Mojo.
You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today. Learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates. This is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates. So call right now to learn more. 800-605-1679. 800-605-1679. 800-605-1679. That's 800-605-1679. for by GoHealth. Mojo. Well, tomorrow is the big day, the big day that Donald Trump resumes his rallies and finally gets to push back on this um, this narrative that the mainstream media has crafted that he's a Nazi and uh, an authoritarian and all of this other bullshit that they uh, they constantly spout. The only person that can really speak for Trump forcefully and effectively is Trump himself. And tomorrow uh, he resumes his rallies in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He has had over a million people request tickets. It's a hard number to believe. But already, uh, well, for since yesterday, crowds have been lining up outside the venue in Tulsa, Oklahoma, waiting to get in. They're going to have 22,000 inside the venue where Trump will speak, and they'll have another 40,000 inside a convention center next door. With these kind of numbers, I'd like to see Trump relocate his rallies to some NASCAR venues and just have these huge outdoor festivals, MAGA festivals. Tomorrow's tomorrow's rally is going to be somewhat different. They're going to have live music outside. They're going to have a, a festive atmosphere. It has got the leftists in an absolute panic. After turning a blind eye to the last, what is it, two or three weeks of these uh, these protests that often turned violent into arson, looting, and and uh, riot, they have finally found their voice and decided, well, no, we got to go back into the lockdowns. Trump is trying to hold a rally. This is unsafe. They're trying to paint this as, uh, you know, Trump. Uh, endangering the public. Here's Nancy Pelosi appearing um, on CNN with um, that uh, that girl Bree. What I am concerned about is the attitude of the president and the vice president of the United States. For the president to have this ego trip that he wants to take to Tulsa to have uh, a, a mass rally of people coming together, uh, endangering their own health and the people that they go home to. For the vice president of the United States. Now, when the leftists, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, were out in the streets, by the tens of thousands crowded close together, not wearing masks, assaulting people, burning their businesses out. Did you hear Nancy Pelosi make a peep in objection? She was perfectly silent, but now it's time for the, the rallies to resume and the cases, you know, they're, they're citing these slight 
spikes in cases. That's because of increased testing. You can't go by case uh, by uh, diagnosed cases any longer. You have to look at hospitalizations, and hospitalizations are down everywhere. Deaths are down, but uh, Nancy Pelosi wants wants this to stop. Uh, to talk about uh, to go visiting places without a mask is a bad example uh, to the public. Today is June 17th. Oh, here she goes on this Juneteenth thing. Nancy is uh, is back in Washington after spending months hunkered down in her San Francisco mount- mansion munching on gourmet ice cream. She's finally found her voice in order to condemn Donald Trump doing his job. Here's a report from a, a campaign operative named Mark Lauder outside of the venue in Tulsa. There, Trump country, it's Mark Lauder in Tulsa, Oklahoma, outside the Box Center, where people have been lined up here all week long, getting ready for President Trump to arrive on Saturday. 50 to 60 people already lined up. We are 72 hours away from the president taking the stage. They're excited. Sign up. We've had over a million people sign up to come to this, and we can't wait for the president to take the stage and get this campaign started again. (laughs) Well, I don't know why they want to continue to sign people up. They've got way more than they can actually fit in that venue. You wonder sometimes when these people show up and are not able to get in if that diminishes their enthusiasm any what it really is is a huge data uh, gathering when people sign up for these events uh, then the campaign has their email address and phone number and can communicate with them directly jenna ellis uh she's a campaign spokesperson uh, appeared on fox and had a, a sort of a unique idea on how to get around all the Democrats' objections to these rallies. Well, I say that the easiest solution here is that instead of a rally, we call it the Trump 2020 protest against uh, Democrats and socialism and uh, Joe Biden's hypocrisy. So this is the Trump 2020 protest for keeping America great. Uh, Shannon, this isn't about health and safety, and every reasonable person knows that. This is about the Democrats' hypocrisy in wanting to stop President Trump from returning to the campaign trail. This is about keeping Biden in his basement. And when President Trump uh, moves forward to the campaign trail and the American people see the vast motivation uh, and enthusiasm behind President Trump, then they're going to see that stark contrast between Sleepy Joe and President Trump. And so there's no uh, statistic that says that um, an indoor event is different than... Um, you know- so that's uh, partly behind it as well. They know that Joe Biden can't, uh, can't draw this kind of crowd. Um, if he were to draw a crowd, many of them would go to sleep. I saw he had a campaign event at a local bar, so... He, he only announced it, you know, the bar was already open. The crowd was already there. He just, he just came after the crowd. I guess if the crowd won't come to you, then you go to the crowd. But I guess it's a good thing that they were serving liquor in there because you need that trying to, trying to listen to sleepy Joe, barely there, Joe. (laughs) Oh man. The, uh, the, the media has got their latest nothing burger to chew on. And that is this new book that's been, that's uh, scheduled for release by John Bolton. He is, uh, he's, he's uh, dishing the dirt on Donald Trump and uh, nothing that the liberals love more than that. Nancy was busy, uh, on her return to the Congress yesterday, taking down portraits of previous speakers of the house 
that were that served in the Confederacy. She didn't point out that all of these people uh, that whose portraits she was taken down were all Democrats. And I'm not sure why she would stop there. Why would you just take down the ones that served in the Confederacy? Why don't you take down all the portraits of Democrat leaders that were responsible for Jim Crow that supported segregation that were um, ardent racists? You'd end up taking down the vast majority of Democrat speakers in history. So some of the Republicans, uh, they, they need to say, well, let's not stop there. Let's go ahead and, and uh, take down the portraits of uh, Jim Bird. Is it Jim Bird? The, uh, the senior member in the Senate. And others. We've got to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about John Bolton's book, and what's going on in Atlanta right after these messages. Stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Coming to you on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So, so the Democrats and the leftists absolutely do not know what to do about this book by John Bolton. He, uh, he says, you know, mean things about Donald Trump. He... He says a bunch of um, things that cannot be proven nor disproven. Just going to have to take his word for it. Ignore entirely that he's getting paid uh, an advance of $2 million and will probably make upwards of $5 million if this book, you know, sells at all. Uh, But the problem that the Democrats have is, you know, they hate John Bolton almost as much as they hate Donald Trump, not not quite, but with the exception of Donald Trump, John Bolton's one of the people that they hate most. I'm not a big fan of John Bolton either. I think he never has seen a war that he didn't want to get us into, and he was a terrible choice 
for Donald Trump to put in as a national security advisor, but he was he was kind of desperate to get you know somebody that uh, he thought was not a member, a card carrying member of the swamp. Boy, was that a a bad decision. So, you know, uh, they've got Don John Bolton on this uh, speaking tour now. They're having him in on all sorts of shows that never would have happened or had him on before he started slamming Trump. I think here he is appearing on ABC's uh, This Week with Martha Raddatz filling in for George Stephanopoulos. I don't think he's fit for office. I, I don't think he has the competence to carry out the job. There really isn't any guiding principle uh, that I was able to discern other than uh, what's good for Donald Trump's reelection. You say that you... Uh, a president engaging in politics, <gasps> it gads. We're astonished by what you saw. A president for whom getting reelected was the only thing that mattered, even if it meant endangering or weakening the nation? Well, I think he was so focused on the reelection uh, that uh, longer-term considerations uh, fell by the wayside. So if he thought he could get a photo opportunity with Kim Jong-un at the demilitarized zone in Korea, there was considerable emphasis on the photo opportunity and the press reaction to it, uh, and little or no focus on what such meetings did for the bargaining position of the United States. And there is the real burr under John Bolton's saddle. Uh, he doesn't abide by this notion that you're going to ha try to make peace with uh, dictators and um, lunatics through diplomacy. He wants to go to war. He took us to war in Iraq, and he was a big proponent of uh, Libya and Syria. He condemned the president when he wanted to get out. And um, he is adamantly opposed to trying to negotiate some sort of nuclear disarmament with a little rocket man there in North Korea. And it just, it just drove Bolton crazy that uh, Donald Trump was meeting with this guy and trying to, instead of going to war with him, trying to talk him out of his nukes and convince him that it would be in everybody's interest. And, and John Bolton purposely sabotaged the summit that Trump had with Kim Jong-un right before, right, just prior to the meeting, Bolton, as our national security advisor, went on TV and said that the, we should use the same model for disarming North Korea that was used uh, with Gaddafi in, Libya, Gaddafi in Libya. Well, I mean, everybody knows what exactly happened to Muammar Gaddafi after he gave up his nukes. It was a disaster for him. The United States backed uh, his overthrow and ultimate uh, killing there in the, the streets where, uh, you know, the, the rebels put a uh, bayonet up his butt. I'm not saying he didn't deserve that. But if you're trying to convince Kim Jong-un of giving up his weapons, that was the worst possible thing you could possibly say in John Bolton, you know, he's a war hawk, but he's not an idiot. That was his purpose. Bolton uh, is saying in his book that 
you know, Vladimir Putin is playing Trump, despite the fact that uh, Trump taking the reins off of our energy sector has basically collapsed the Russian economy, that he's redeployed uh, defensive missiles in Poland when the two previous presidents had withdrawn them and refused to bring them back, has these terrible crippling sanctions on Moscow. But according to Bolton, Putin's got the upper hand. I think Putin thinks he can play him like a fiddle. Uh, I think Putin is uh, smart, tough. I think he sees that uh, he's not faced with a serious adversary here. I don't think he's worried about Donald Trump. Well, if he's not worried about Donald Trump, he's not uh, the smart and tough adversary you speak of because Donald Trump has done more to rein in uh, the Russian uh, expansionist ambitions than the 16 years of the two previous presidents. Now, uh, Donald Trump said during the campaign that he wanted to bring Russia into the family of Western nations and normalize relations. That is exactly what ought to be done. The Cold War is over. It was over 30 years ago. We won. We won a massive victory. But instead of harvesting the fruits of that victory, the deep state in Washington is absolutely determined to keep Russia as alive, alive as a rationale to, uh, to start into a new Cold War, which they benefit greatly from. And that is the perspective of John Bolton, where he's coming from. He's in these neocon think tanks. They don't want to actually go after China, which is our real geopolitical foe, because China has a lot of friends among uh, you know the money class in this country that these think tanks rely on for their funding. So if they really, you know, go hammer and tong after China, then their funding will dry up. They would much rather, you know, kick the uh, kick Russia while it's down and continue uh, to this uh, charade that they represent a, a danger to us. They still have nuclear weapons, of course, all the more reason to try to bring them into the fold of the West. What we've done basically at the urging of Bolton and the other neocons is push Russia into the arms of China. Absolutely disastrous decision. <laughs> Kaylee McInerney, who is just doing a fabulous job as the new press secretary, was asked about it and she didn't pull her punches. John Bolton has discredited himself. He is a misguided hawk on foreign policy and a weak dove of an author. Uh, this man is someone who praised President Trump as being strong on foreign policy, not making the mistakes of previous administrations, perfectly prepared. These are all quotes from John Bolton. He said President Trump understands President Ronald Reagan's peace through strength. He's on the record saying this. So John Bolton's book is debunked by none other than John Bolton. Well, um, she's got a point. You know, uh, what Russia fears is an ascendant um, globalist um, U.S. military force. And Donald Trump has not only rebuilt the American military, but he's also goosed NATO into uh, upping their funding, the European nations into upping their funding for NATO, and restored that deterrent. 
You know, I remember right after uh, Ronald Reagan's victory in the Cold War, there was talk about bringing Russia into NATO. How great would that have been? We could expel Turkey and bring Russia in. They couldn't have that. They, they There was a whole infrastructure created with these Russophobes in the State Department and the military-industrial complex, all sucking at the U.S. taxpayer teat, trying to keep Russia as uh, the boogeyman. Russia has about a fifth of the population of Europe and about one-tenth of its economy. It's not a serious threat. But, you know, if we could bring them in, this is an age-old conflict. Europe versus Russia. Russia versus Europe. Russia's designs are basically they want security. They uh, they uh, strategically, they are in a very vulnerable position. And if uh, if if we had taken advantage of our victory in the Cold War, we could have uh, made them part of the family of Western nations, but the. The swamp just wouldn't have it. So the first opportunity that the Democrats had to try to uh, capitalize on Bolton's book was some testimony by Trump's trade representative, Robert Lighthizer, when they uh, when they started hammering him about the claims that Bolton had made. Here's uh, Robert Menendez uh, questioning Lighthizer on, uh, on these claims. He said that at one point in that meeting, President Trump, quote, turn the conversation into the coming U.S. presidential election, alluding to China's economic capability to affect the ongoing campaigns, pleading with Xi to ensure he'd win. That's the end of the quote. Absolutely untrue. Never happened. I was there. I have no recollection of that ever happening. I don't believe it's true. I don't believe it ever happened. Oh, you don't believe it ever happened. I got you. Okay, so now you now you fully recollect that you were there. No, I was at the meeting. Would I have recollected something as crazy as that? Of course, I would recollect it. I was at the meeting. I told you, you that, sure at the beginning that you were like at the meeting. Happened. So now that I know you're at the meeting, uh, you in essence dispute uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bolton's account of what took place, right? I told yes, that's correct. I, I mean, I, I I don't want you to create the impression that I'm being deceptive. I said what meeting I was at, and this never happened in it for sure. So you've got uh, witnesses saying that John Bolton's lying, but uh, they're not going to—they're not going to buy that. They're going to take all of these uh, these statements that were designed to sell books and uh, and convert them into fodder for the upcoming campaign. The only problem is, again, is uh, you know they hate John Bolton almost as much as they hate Donald Trump. Chris Murphy, a Democrat senator from uh, Connecticut. Had the honesty, at least, to, uh, to you know, be uh, consistent. I know you told me I couldn't say it, but it is important to note that John Bolton <laughs> is trying to make money here. Uh, and it is curious to all of us that he wasn't willing to say this stuff uh, to, uh, to Congress, but he is willing to say it when he can make money. I'm not suggesting that what he's saying isn't true. I'm just saying that. You oh, it's not true, but he's just saying it to make money. You have to question his motives, and I have to question his motives even as a Democrat. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so John Bolton is uh, he's basically through, you know, he's never going to work for another Republican. He's shown that he's un- unreliable and untrustworthy. And the Democrats 
hate him like poison. Adam Schiff, um, you talk about one despicable person uh, criticizing another despicable person. Bolton made it clear that if we subpoenaed him, that he would sue us and tie us up in court. Uh, now, this was uh, even. This is when they wanted Bolton to testify in Donald Trump's impeachment, of course. Bolton made it clear that if we subpoenaed him, that he would sue us and tie us up in court. Uh, now, this was uh, even after his deputies were willing to testify. They had the courage of their convictions. Uh, but Bolton's argument was essentially, no, that it would uh, potentially uh, impede on the on the president, that it would violate potentially his constitutional duty. Apparently, those concerns gave way to a $2 million book offer. Uh, the fact that he wasn't willing to testify in the House and was willing to, to tie us up in court for a long time, but willing to tell the story uh, to a book, uh, to make money for a book, tells you a lot about uh, John Bolton's character. Uh, whether his testimony would have made uh, a significant difference in trial, it may have. If it-, it wouldn't have made any difference at all, if he if he had said the exact same things that he's putting in this book, it would not have made any difference at all because uh, they were obviously ginned up. John Bolton has been a disaster for the nation and for John Bolton. He is now going to be thoroughly discredited, and every every decision he made will be shown to have been cynical and this uh this this attempted to blow up trump and uh the north korean dictators summit was was really unforgivable uh it was shortly after that that donald trump realized he couldn't be counted on anymore and started cutting him out of the loop but um i got a clip here this is john bolton appearing on john gibson's radio show um, I think it was just after that happened. No, this was before uh, John Bolton ruminating on his his uh, tactic with dealing with uh, dictators. The way to have this conversation is for the president to say, "Okay, let's let's be specific here because denuclearization is what I want. What ports do American freighters pull into?" What airports do American cargo planes land at uh, for us to dismantle your nuclear weapons program and take it to Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is, by the way, where the Libyan nuclear weapons program now resides? That's the kind of conversation it should be. Well, he'll say, uh, yeah, as soon as Gaddafi did that, you guys went and killed him. Uh, Can we offer him assurances that won't happen? You know, John, life is hard for dictators. Life is hard. Life is hard for dictators. So he's not going to give him any assurance that if he doesn't give up his nukes, that uh, he won't be overturned and assassinated. It's not what I would call real great geopolitical diplomacy. But that's not what John Bolton's about. John Bolton wants war. We would be at war in Iran right now if John Bolton had his way. Mm-hmm. Stick with us. We got to run out to a break. We'll be right back. Mojo. Attention homeowners that have ever had a broken appliance. <laughs> That's a joke, right? We've all had broken appliances. 
I own a home just like you and have found a way for as little as a dollar a day to have all the major appliances in my home on a warranty plan. They're guaranteed to be fixed or replaced. You know how expensive an air conditioner, a heating system, a washing machine, dryer, water heater, or refrigerator can be. For about a dollar a day, all your major appliances are protected in case they break. Unless you're uh, Daddy Warbucks or the Monopoly guy and you don't care about money, call my friends at the Home Service Club now and get a warranty on your major appliances. It's a free call and the first month is free. But be one of the first 25 people to call within the next 10 minutes. 800-255-4940 That's 800-255-4940 Whether you're moving in together for the first time This can be your closet Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. So one of the things I've been pointing out with this rise of Marxism in America led by the Black Lives Matter movement and Antifa is they're using uh, the same tactics from the Stalinist uh, playbook, from the Mao uh, Cultural Revolution playbook. What they're doing is they're, uh, they're holding family members responsible for the, uh, the, the violations of leftist orthodoxy of family members. So if you do something that cross them, they not only try to destroy your life, get you fired, ruin your career, have you prosecuted. They go after your family. They destroy your ability to provide for the family. And then they go after your family and they're sending a message loud and clear that you better not cross black lives matter. Otherwise we are coming for you and they, uh, they can do it now too, because they have been funded to the tunes of, of hundreds of millions of dollars by these big corporations who you would think interests do, do not align with Black Lives Matter. I'm not sure if they're trying to buy peace from Black Lives Matter. That was the old uh, race hustle that Jesse Jackson perfected and then Al Sharpton got in on. If you don't fund us, then we will agitate and boycott and, and try to uh, call you a racist. And the latest uh, participant in that particular scam is Black Lives Matter. And you got these big global corporations just throwing money hand over fist. The latest instance of of this uh, going after the family members happened last night when the stepmother of uh, the police officer that was charged with murder in Atlanta for defending himself his stepmother was fired from her job. She was a HR director at Equity Prime Mortgage there in Atlanta. Not familiar with the company, but uh, without uh, explanation, they just said, we have to part ways with you. We don't know if this was done because somebody had demanded it or they're just preemptively cleansing themselves of any 
anything that could bring the the Marxists down on their heads. Here's uh, Tucker Carlson talking about this incident on last night's show. Story of the police officer charged, Officer Rolfe. Until today, his stepmother, her name was Melissa Rolfe, was the HR director at a place called Equity Prime Mortgage in Atlanta, Georgia. But today, she was let go. She's no longer in that role. Apparently, she was fired, and her only crime was being Officer Rolfe's stepmother. According to a source familiar with the matter, who spoke to this program, Rolfe was promised that her job was safe, but today she was told, and we're quoting, we have to terminate our relationship with you. No other explanation was offered, and honestly, no other explanation was needed. It was obvious what happened. Rolfe has already been scrubbed from the company's website, wiped away, as the Bolsheviks did with those who lost favor with Joseph Stalin. That will keep happening until lawmakers decide to, res- decide to resist the mob and protect ordinary people from its predations. This is where the country is going. It's becoming a place where you can be punished for the supposed misdeeds of your relatives. You don't want to be that country. All of us should put on the brakes immediately. You can be punished for holding the wrong opinions. You can be punished for speaking out. You can have your livelihood taken away, your life destroyed. You can have protesters show up at your door, paint your house. I think Tucker Carlson himself needs armed security 24 hours a day. They have already attacked his house, Antifa has. But this poor officer, Garrett Rolfe, he's not only facing the death penalty, which he was just doing his job. He was abiding completely uh, by the laws of the state of Georgia and the, um, the training that he had received at the Atlanta police Academy. But now his stepmother has lost her career. I've got a clip here. This is of a former uh, law enforcement officer named officer Tatum talking about the Georgia law and uh, Rolf's actions in that Wendy's parking lot. So there are some people who say uh, this was unjustified and they're calling for justice for Brooks. Meantime, there are other people in law enforcement that say that the police officers acted appropriately and it was a, a justified shooting. Where do you stand on this? Well, I stand with the facts. I don't stand with emotion. I don't stand with what I visibly see um, so much as the facts and what is was the use of force policy on that police department. So when you look at it for what it is, you say, okay, the guy was pulled over for a DUI. Obviously, he was impaired in the state of Georgia is called uh, less than safe. And, and the state of Arizona is called impairment to the slightest degree. They saw that he was impaired, fell asleep at a, at a, at a drive-thru. They get him out of the car. They do FSTs. Um, they do the breathalyzer test. He fails the breathalyzer test. Clearly, they have enough probable cause to arrest him for driving under the influence. They go to put him in cuffs. Police officers are doing everything they're trained to do. They go to put him in handcuffs. He starts to fight assault police officers. He took a taser. He punches one of the guys in the face. He takes off running. And then while he's running, he turns and pulls the taser or points the taser at the police officer, not only pointing it, he fired it. Then he got shot. If you look at the Georgia law you, and you look at the definition of a deadly weapon, a definition of a firearm, uh, a taser, a stun gun is, is implemented or is put into the statute. So technically, by, by the course of the law or the written or the letter of the law, the taser is a firearm. It's a deadly weapon. It's not only a firearm and a deadly weapon, but when Brooks fired that taser gun at Rolf, it it makes a report 
bang. And there's a muzzle flash, just like a firearm. They're expecting this officer to, uh, to just say, well, you know, it's just a taser and he missed me. He's only got one more shot. So I'll continue to duck and jump around. And all of this started when Keisha Lance bottoms betrayed the Atlanta police officers and, uh, demanded that he be terminated and fed to the mob. And of course, then the Fulton County district attorney wanted to get in on the act because he's in a tight reelection campaign. He's actually finished second in the primary there in Fulton County. So they have to have a runoff, which is coming up, I think in the first part of August, he was quick to arrest Atlanta police officers that were trying to deal with the riots in Atlanta. And when he saw that uh, Roth was being abandoned by the city. He jumped on that too. Despite the clear fact that officer Roth was defending himself. And even if you're one of these people that believe, well, he should have just, uh, you know, taken cover and allowed, uh, the, uh, the perpetrator to run away. This officer had about one second to make a split second decision that if he made it wrong, he would be returned to his family in a, uh, a pine box. And the mayor of Atlanta wasn't even t- willing to give this police officer that, that one second margin of error. And the rest of the police see this. And now <clears throat> 19 Atlanta police officers have resigned. 19 police officers m- represent an investment in training by the city of Atlanta of millions of dollars to send them to the Academy and get them certified. It's a, it, you, you go to the Atlanta police Academy for almost a year. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Many more officers are going to be resigning right now. The only reason they haven't design, uh, resigned is because they haven't got a job offer and the job officers and uh, offers in Metro Atlanta are plentiful. You can go work for a, a, another city or county that is not going to throw you to the wolves. Keisha Lance Bottom, she wants race-based poli- uh, policing. Here she is uh, appearing with Anderson Cooper on CNN talking about the president's uh, police reform executive order. Cited the, the, quote, fierce urgency of now as, as a driving force behind your decision to announce your own police reforms before President Trump's. Now that you've seen what the president has put forward, do you think it's enough? What are you, what are you hoping to change in Atlanta? You know, Anderson, I don't um, usually hold out a lot of hope for what President Trump does, but I actually had hoped that he would do something substantive today. Um, but he seems to get in his own way, even in rolling out this order. He doesn't mention race. He doesn't mention bias. And then he went on some rambling tirade about school choice. And- so we want race-based policing. We want different policies based on your skin color, something you have no control over. City of Atlanta has got a white mayor, a majority white city council, uh, pardon me, a black mayor, a black uh, majority city council. Now they've got a black police chief, but that's not enough. She wants the officers to have to take into account the race of the subject if they try to defend themselves. Unbelievable. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now. I want to thank you for joining us. 
I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow right here on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.